Hi there, I'm Ben Hook, and thanks to Sport SA and the Breakthrough Mental Health Foundation, this is Hooked on Sport. Well, it's April 2020, and our world looks a little different. As we are physically distancing to protect our communities, we can face feelings of social isolation. One impact, we're without for what many of us is our greatest comfort, our sporting club, our club which can offer our most significant sense of purpose and belonging. So why are we here? Because for now, this is how you and I and all of our club mates can come together. So we've brought your club here as best as we possibly can with this, your virtual sports club. This is where we can come together and support one another, encourage each other and share our stories of our South Australian sports clubs. It's a chance for you all to recall your favourite moments at your club, whether that be a memory of last week or last century. And we want to be someone you can rely upon. It's your home to tell your mates about how you're coping with this unprecedented time in our lives, and hopefully you'll be able to feel that big warm virtual hug from a friend as you do. Each episode will aim to give you just a small slice of life back at your club, because ultimately, We are still part of our clubs and they are still part of us. We just need to look at them a little bit differently. A sense of reality in unreal times. So get involved with us. You can find us on Facebook. Let us know about your club and who you'd like us to interview. We're not going to be here forever. Eventually this virus will be conquered and we can get back to what is the best of life, to mix with family and friends. As a sporting community, we can be resilient. But until then, share some time with us in our virtual club, this is Hooked on Sport. Leah Cassidy, John Mannion, welcome to Hooked on Sport. Thanks so much, Ben. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for inviting us, Ben. Leah is CEO of Sport SA. Just describe what Sport SA does under normal circumstances. Yeah, under normal circumstances, Ben, we're there to be the peak industry body for sport in South Australia. We advocate at the government level, both state and federally, for our industry. Um, we're also there to get a sense of collective voice and um, collective wisdom behind our industry. Our, our sports can tend to be um, fairly focused on their own sports, so our role really is to look at the industry as a whole and to bring our industry together um, around themes and, and topics and concerns that they have. These are not normal circumstances. Let's talk first of all about this podcast and how that came about. Yeah, thanks Ben and thanks for reaching out and giving your time. Um, This was something that um, was very opportune that we saw as um, a virtual space that we can continue to collaborate and have a collective strength around because these are just unprecedented times and we were getting uh, a lot of radio and email traffic from some very distressed um, people in our industry who are having to make some really tough decisions and uh, we wanted a space where collectively we could come together, still have a sense of that community and a sense of that industry, which is what sport does, of course, sport brings people together and our friendship with and partnership with Breakthrough Mental Health Foundation was another natural synergy uh, to bring them on board as well. John, you're the Executive Director of Breakthrough. Describe its normal purpose. Oh, it's, it's normal purpose um, is to help generate investment into mental health research. So we know that one in five people have a diagnosed mental health um, 
difficulty at any one point of time in their life. Um, and we also know we have uh, in Australia very, very high suicide rates, eight, eight Australians per day losing their life uh, to mental illness. And our want and wish really was to change those statistics by getting um, targeted research and investment into that research to ask those difficult questions and try and change those trends. Has your focus had to change in the last couple of weeks? Um, our focus has just been reinforced in the last couple of weeks. Um, the, the challenge we're now facing uh, with, with COVID-19 has really highlighted uh, the complexity of, of the changes that are taking place in our lives, you know, and our inability to be part of the sporting community, our inability to go to work, the isolation we're having to do in a positive manner to look after our community um, also then has the negative impacts of isolating ourselves, making disconnection, losing our sense of purpose and our sense of belonging. And so we know in our arena, um, the, the mental health impacts are, are going to be quite severe. So we need to make sure that we're actually connecting quite quickly. Um, and when you approach to say, I'm thinking of doing this show and I wanted to connect with those sporting clubs and have that virtual club, you were answering a really, really um, incredible question at that time. How do we keep talking? How do we keep connecting? How do we actually look after each other? And uh, you've just already set up a, a virtual sports club, which I think is incredible. Uh, Leah, I can't imagine there's been a bigger challenge for Sport SA in the history of the organisation. No, not at all, Ben. And and I think for our sporting colleagues, large and small, and and we're hearing the same kinds of things from from our very big sports through to our you know mum and dad volunteer clubs. That it is heartbreaking to have to stand down staff either permanently or in some cases temporarily. It is heartbreaking to not have that camaraderie that we know, you know, coming to the training, you know, one, two, three times a week and, and then playing the game as a team or as an individual. We know that sport has that powerful role in people's lives and in communities. And to not have that, and I think it's the uncertainty of how long this will go on as well. We know we will come out the other end of this. But um, there's a there's a grief happening. There's a despair around how do we rebuild once this is all over, um, and how do we not lose all of that knowledge, experience, and intellectual um, property that our industry and the people in our industry who are now being stood down have brought to it. Leah, how are um, sports leaders, sports club and sports association leaders dealing with this very sudden onset of the fact that they've had to stand staff down? I'm describing it to a lot of people as crisis management at the moment. So there, there will be a new normal, but we're not there yet. There just is an immediate sense of crisis management and how do we look at the bottom line and the figures to make sure that we are still here when we get to the other side of the bridge, as the PM is now calling it. Um, how do we uh, keep essential staff doing essential services um, and maintaining some kind of um, member base, maintaining our sponsors, um, looking forward to future state? Um, and how do we balance that with a financial reality that most sporting clubs deal with every day, which is a very thin margin anyway. Mm. You know, we know sport operates on, I've heard, not just the smell of an oily rag, but, you know, a damp chuck most of the time (laughs) is is the reality. So to to be in that scenario in an everyday situation to now be faced with this 
it is it is really crisis management at this point. There should be an industry for selling smells of oily rags because uh, clubs would snap them up. They're uh, they're very valuable, aren't they? Uh, John, what are some of the things that club leaders and association leaders can do at this time to manage their own mental health? Yeah, I think um, it's uh, the challenge is, is how do we how do we how do we get a consistent message out there? Um, if we go onto our social media platforms, there's a whole range of different pieces of advice, such as things to look out for, um, and, and that in itself can actually be a bit of a challenge. So one of the pieces of work we've been working on at the moment is with uh, Professor Mike Kyrgios from the uh, Orima Institute at Flinders University, um, and, and he's developed um, a six-step process of things uh, for people to consider. Um, and he, he's, he's nicknamed it the stream because the letters spell out stream, um, and it's obviously a journey and a flow we're going on. Um, and what he's talking about really is, is how do we look at our social networking? Um, so we know that social sort of distancing and personal distancing is really important at the moment for our physical health and, and actually protecting our community. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we actually then um, become socially isolated because that can't happen. So how do we t- keep in touch? So there's great ways in which you can keep in touch through social media, your phone calls, your text messaging. You know, most organizations have set up um, teleconferencing, etc. Within my own team, um, we have an 11 o'clock um, coffee together. Uh, we're all working from, from our home bases. We, we, we log on to our team app um, and we have a coffee and we don't talk about our work. We just talk about ourselves as we would do if we went for a normal coffee. And we do that every day. Um, and that's a great way in which you can keep touch. Um, you can also then look at how you build in time out because one of the challenges if you're then not going out to your sporting club, you're not doing that usual routine, you get can actually get locked into feeling if you're working from home, I've got to be working nine to five in front of my computer. Or if I'm not, I've not got a job at the moment, um, how do I get a routine in place? So it's really important that you don't have long times and periods locked into one place because um, that limits space, but it also can have a negative impact on, on yourself and your relationships in, in your own house if there's two or three of you there. Um, building in then the T, which is, uh, the, sorry, the R, which is relaxation. So how do we build in time to help manage the anxiety, which is a normal feeling we're actually experiencing at the moment. We're feeling a, a sense of loss, a sense of grief. We're not sure what the future holds for us. We're not sure if we're going to be able to afford um, our, our home loans, mortgages, etc. They're all normal reactions to what's actually happening around us. So how do we build in some stretches to help us cope with that? So do we look at you know our, our breathing exercises, our relaxation exercises, mindfulness training, um, through to you know singing, dancing, and yoga? You know there are a great many ways in which we can actually um, relieve uh, the sort of distress we're actually feeling. From a sporting perspective, then E obviously equals exercise and entertainment. So how do we still promote people to keep fit? What routine can you actually get into place that you can actually do out in your garden? The things you can actually do still in isolation. So going for a swim in the sea, going surfing, you could still do all those things because that keeps that connectivity going there. But also, how can you actually find other ways in which you burn off that energy? You know, uh, I'm just returning back from operation. I've now got my bike um, on, on a trainer underneath the Alfresco and, you know, going for my virtual bike ride. Um, part of that is, is a great way to burn off that energy and obviously keep yourself fit. But then how do you actually exercise your mind? So what about reading? What about utilizing streaming services? Uh, my daughter last night um, was watching a film and uh, she came in to get a coffee and she had a film with her and she said, oh, I can't pause it. Four of our friends are watching it together. <laughs> and so that was a great way in which they kept that, that connection taking place. 
Um, when you're then looking at A, that's the alternative thinking. So one of the difficulties at the moment is we're always on the internet. We've always got live information there. There's so much information. We don't actually ever escape from it. So, and that can have an impact on the way in which we process things, how we problem solve, or how we actually get to a point where we actually start to catastrophize things. So can we change the way in which we start to think about things in a slightly different way that can help re- reduce some of that stress and that tension? Um, so often that is, is reaching out to somebody having that phone call with somebody um, that might be a friend might be a sports coach it might be um, your your captain on the club Um, it might actually then be a health professional so it's important you still reach out and then the M of of screen stands would be mindful of others you've got to be mindful of how your behaviour can impact somebody else it can impact on relationships and at this moment in time we've really got to maintain those relationships so if you ask the question what can a sports club do this is how they can actually connect with their club they can keep good information going out they can keep just letting them know we know we're not meeting but we're still here they can look at ways in which they can um, set up uh, chat rooms uh, to, to keep that connection taking place so I think they're the vital things throughout this time that people feel supported because the sports club as we always say gives a great sense of purpose and a great sense of belonging and they're the two foundations we require to have positive mental health Right on, John. So I'll just share uh, those six points with everyone. It's stream, S-T-R-E-A-M, social networking, timeout, relaxation, exercise and entertainment, alternative thinking and mindfulness. And as Hooked on Sport continues to grow, we hope to have a number of our athletes, uh, our our local sporting athletes uh, on the show, whether they're teammates or rivals. I think it'll be fantastic to be able to continue to link up people from within sports clubs and and between sports clubs over the next couple of months uh, as we go along. Hey, Leah, my understanding is you spent some time working in Hong Kong. I think that was during the SARS outbreak. What did you learn from that? Yeah, I did then. Um, I, I don't know if I, um, how many people are living through their second world pandemic, but here I am um, in my reality this 2020 and 20, uh, 2003 when I was working on um, a big sporting program in Hong Kong and suddenly that grounds a halt much like uh, here um, and I became the online digital learning expert um, because, you know, you were redeployed into other useful areas. Mm. I think the learning from there is what we're slowly starting to learn here is that um, as hard as it is, that complete lockdown and isolation was the only way that this that SARS was, was stopped. And, and it was stopped pretty quickly. Um, I think the difference between SARS, it, it was a COVID um, strain as well. But you certainly knew you had it pretty quickly, and I think that was the, that, that's been a difference here. So some people are symptomatic, they're not getting symptoms, and of course then they're travelling and then they're infecting others. The Hong Kong government, of course, it's a different culture. You know, it is a it is a communist, um, although uh, alternate rule um, country where the government said you do something, then you do something. I think that's just what we have to learn the lessons about that this isn't about a government trying to be draconian this is about community health and well-being and it's it's not going to stop until we get that complete isolation where we can stop the spread of this thing um and and it's certainly spreading much more rapidly than SARS did. Mm. 
John, you talked about uh, that list of uh, six points in stream as to uh, the good way for individuals to manage their own mental health. How can you be a good teammate? How can you be a good club mate while there's no sport being played? Um, keep it in touch. So keep it in touch with your colleagues. Just check in on them. Um, I, I last, last night I was um, thinking about um, some of our, our donors that, that have been supporting us over a period of time. Uh, I just sent them just a quick text just saying, um, just wanted to say hi, make sure you're okay and let you know I'm thinking about you. Um, and then I got a raft of, thank you so much. That, that meant so much for me. And it's a simple thing and it costs nothing to do. So, you know, keep in touch with your colleagues. You'll um, not realise that some of your colleagues and some of your sporting groups, that's probably the only connection some people actually have with the wider community. So there's a risk that they can become really, really isolated. It's For others, it's um, their sport is the way in which they manage their mental health issue, the way in which it gets over that anxiety or, or assists them with sort of the depression feelings because it gives them an opportunity to actually to connect, to actually go out. So I think, you know, if you can reach out to your colleagues I think that's really good also being aware of some of the things you perhaps should be looking out for in some of your colleagues so you know if, if, uh, as people starting to talk about not feeling like themselves like they normally are or have they started to disconnect further so they're, they're now becoming quite withdrawn or are you seeing a change in sort of maybe agitation which isn't normally their normal behaviour um, or they stopped looking after themselves. You know, they're, 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 they're growing their beard, they're still wearing the same clothes. You know, you, you see those, those sort of signs. And then they're starting to feel, you know, talk about feeling hopeless and I don't belong in this community. They're sort of five signs we can look out for that really are, are triggers for us to know that someone's really, really struggling. Um, and, and if we see them, we've really got to sort of promote people to actually reach out to try and connect and actually let them know that this is actually normal, they're feeling. You know, the stress and the anxiety and the confusion is normal at the point of time when something like this is happening around us. There is no book and hard and fast rule on this is how you should feel and, and this is what you should do. This is an unknown. So by connecting and getting them to talk to their family and giving them permission to actually talk about it and then you can start to assist them to start to care for themselves. So simple thing is, send that text. If you're thinking about your mate, send that text. It's really, really powerful. John, you are part of Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation, which has very strong link to the Adelaide Football Club and professional athletes. Are there differences in the way that community athletes should work with each other as distinct from professional athletes? Um, I, I think um, the challenge that, that both arenas are uh, facing is exactly the same. Um, it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, all of a sudden you've now not got your job. You've not got the thing that you get up for every day. Um, that routine's all altered and changed. Everything stopped. Um, the same then for that community club, that community club where everyone comes together, where they're actually giving a, you know, a great outcome as, as a great community because those communities don't just come together for their sport. They come together for the connection. They come together to do problem solving. They have guest speakers in. They, they look at you know, more than, than just being a sports club, they use that sports club to connect the community. So I think the challenge that, that's faced across both is really, really, uh, is really large. Um, what we're looking at it at the moment, we're, we're actually um, looking at developing a, um, a video, and it should be coming out in the next week, hopefully. And we've actually got um, members from from um, the Crows, uh, Sandful, um, Williams. Um, Adelaide Footy Women's um, Community League and Adelaide Footy all actually sharing some messages because the same challenge is going to be faced across every one of those platforms, no matter who, who you are, from a professional sports person to a community, and we've all got to come together to try and work through this together. So 
So I think it's about connectivity. It's about trying to keep routine going. About it's about trying to keep communication going. Um, but also the challenges of, of when you do find something that's wrong or you've got a concern about somebody, getting them to get support and help as quickly as possible is the important part as well. Uh, the message as well, of course, uh, to both of you uh, and that I'm receiving from you is that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, Leah, describe for me what you're most looking forward to when this is all behind us and sports back on the park. Oh, Ben, I think that light at the end of the tunnel thing is really important, but also using the time we've got because sport is so busy normally. You're so busy running the league and your, your um, trainings and whatever. I see this as a real opportunity for us to think about how our industry could work and look. Um, and as I mentioned, that smell of the well, the wet chucks or smell of the oily rag thing. You know, let's take this as a time and an opportunity to come together and, and work together on solutions that might um, help us should this ever happen again. Um, I think like everyone, um, I'm, I'm a tragic, doesn't matter what sport, and, you know, just looking forward to getting back out and, and watching sport and playing sport and um, connecting in that physical way. Um, I've just done some work with Carol Fox, who's the uh, president of Women's Sport Australia, and she described different um, communication and, and leadership styles, and, and Carol's a very kinesthetic um, person who needs the hug, who needs the physical contact, and um, you know that that tackle and that I'm a hockey player, so that you know that um, shoulder bump on the pitch when you're really going hard for the ball, you know it's that physicalness that we love about our sport and um, and that we're all going to miss. But I'm really excited to use this time also as an opportunity to work with our industry to say, how can we do it better? And now we've all got some thinking space. At the moment, again, I think people are still in that crisis mode and we need some time to let people grieve and let people um, work out the logistics. But I think then we've got a real opportunity to use this time to think about how we can work together as an industry to making, make some changes, work productively with government about the way sport is funded. Um, you know, sport is played by half of the South Australian population and it's watched by the other half. So it impacts every single person in South Australia. So, so let's use it the time productively um, to come together. Uh, Leah, I'm so glad you brought up your own career in sport. I know you played some hockey. I know you played a little bit of cricket. But there's another sport that I have read that you participated in and I've never heard of it before. It is Vigoro, I think. Now, by the nature of V-I-G-O-R, Vigor, I imagine it's something fairly strenuous. Describe Vigoro, please. Uh, Vigoro? Vigoro, um, even better. And it is, yeah, it is um, uh, a modified form of cricket. So it, it's a very different bat. Um, it, it almost looks like a club. It's a longer handle and then a, a, a rounded shaped base. You have two bowlers, and you have a bowler at each end, so it's much faster pace. Um, but, yeah, largely it's, it's a, a similar game to cricket. But, um, yeah, I, as a kid, I played every sport possible, and Vigoro was something my school offered. So guess what? I played Vigoro. I played just anything I could get my hands on. Uh, John, you were talking about cycling. Do you traditionally cycle with mates? Um, yeah, normally. Um, I, I'm, I'm at that age now where the, the cycling has turned into this social event. So um, 
it's about how slowly I can get somewhere and enjoy the coffee. Um, <laughs> but it's always, it is, it's about doing it in, in, in a sort of a, a group activity. Um, similar to, to, to Leah, um, I, I would have uh, turned my hand to any sport. So um, I was very much around soccer, golf, running, cycling. Um, so, yeah, for, for, for me now, it's about how, how do you still maintain that fitness? How, as Leah said, how, how do you then still look after yourself during this period of time? So this is a great time for us to get our sleep patterns back in order, get good hydration taking place, get that regular exercise routine going. All those things are, are positive for our mental health and well-being, but also getting ourselves ready for when we do return um, to our sporting communities because I think it's, you know, once we've got through this point in time, we have got an, an incredible opportunity to actually say, what wasn't working? And what can we do about it? Because we don't have to go back to as we were. Uh, Leah, what are some good ideas that coaches can do in the meantime? I imagine there's some frustrated coaches that they don't have access to their athletes. How can they reach out and communicate with their players over the next couple of months? Yeah, and we're seeing some great examples actually that then sometimes often breed innovation as well. Um, seeing, seeing a lot of online um, clinics, seeing a lot of... Um, you know, resources being shared by email or, um, you know, Zoom or whatever their platform they're using. Um, my son participates in Special Olympics basketball and his coach has sent out, you know, um, here's our weekly training schedule and this is what you're going to do at home. And so I think coaches um, are really missing having their athletes around them too. So they've been reaching out in some... Um, netball have done some great things about some online um, training versions as well. So, yes, people are being innovative and, and really still encouraging their athletes to be as active as possible. I'm talking to Leah Cassidy, the Chief Executive Officer of Sport SA, and John Mannion, the Executive Director of the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation. Uh, to both of you, thank you so much for supporting this new little podcast, Hooked on Sport. We really appreciate your contribution. Thanks so much, Ben. Yeah, thanks very much, Ben. Thanks for inviting us. Just, John, one final little message, just one little uh, snap, one little soundbite, if you like. Uh, What would you say to people who've tuned in? What's the one thing you'd like them to take away from today? Keep connected with your colleagues. Reach out. Send that text message. You could actually be helping somebody. John Mannion, Leah Cassidy, thank you for joining us on Hooked on Sport. Thanks very much. Thank you, Ben. You're listening to the Hooked on Sport podcast, your virtual sports club. Like a swimmer, we've touched the wall on the first edition of Hooked on Sport. Thanks for choosing to join us. Where to from here? Well, it's your club. So let us know who you'd like to hear from. It could be an international athlete or an unsung hero right here in Adelaide. Tell us how your club is staying connected with its athletes. And feel free to share a fun tale. Tell us about your characters. Who's the barfly, the volunteer, the serial complainer, the statistician, the prankster, the long-winded speech giver? It takes all types. We're at Hooked on Sport on Facebook. Get in contact, say hi, and share some love. Thanks to our first ever guests, Leah Cassidy and John Mannion. We'll see you soon on Hooked on Sport.